another episode with Superintendent Battersby, a title deed to the earth. Blessings abound, my brother and sister. This is Superintendent Janice Battersby of Shekinah Worship Center, Shekinah Worship International Ministries in the island of Bermuda, where our pastor is Reverend Dr. Maria A. Seaman. And I'm coming to you once again with another insert for our Insights with Sue. It's a bit of a short review of, right now actually, a study that we're doing called Escape the Coming Night with our Dr. David Jeremiah. Now we've been doing this study for a couple of months now, actually. And what it is, is it's a chapter by chapter, verse by verse, study of the book of Revelation. And what I'm doing is giving you just kind of an overview of each lesson. And it's been an exciting, exciting journey. This is actually the third year that we've done this. But this is the first year we're actually putting it in podcasts and small little bite-sized portions just to whet your appetite for the book of Revelation. If there is ever a time that we need to be studying the book of Revelation, it's now. And knowing the things that are are supposed to happen and watching the shadows of them come about. It's an exciting time for those of us who know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of our sins. So today, I want to give you a bit of an overview of chapter 14 of our study. Now, there are 43 lessons in this study. This is lesson number 14 that we're doing, and it's called the title deed to the earth. The title deed to the earth. I've got my notes here, so I'm just going to be referring to them a bit, but again, just to give you just a slight taste of what it is that we're studying. So exciting. Now, this study is based on chapters four and five of the book of Revelation. Now, we've studied up to, we've done chapter one and chapters two and three, where we've had the Apostle John's vision of Jesus in all his glory and majesty. And then we've studied each of the churches that John writes a letter to uh, in the book of Revelation. Seven churches in Asia Minor. And we've studied them and learned about their characteristics and we've tried to apply them to ourselves. But now the vision shifts from on the earth into heaven. John is taken uh, by the spirit. He is spiritized. He's taken into heaven so he can see the plan that God has laid out for the last days and eternity. Last time we had a look into heaven, we looked through the door and we could see into heaven. And now We're getting a better idea of what it is that John sees and what is to come. And so just to give a bit of an overview, in lesson 13, we learn about God being seated on the throne. And it's the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all there. Around the throne is an emerald rainbow. And... There's like a sea of transparent glass around the throne. There are 24 thrones on which sit 24 elders. And we've learned that they represent the church. The songs that they sing are about redemption through the blood of Jesus, 
And the only ones who can sing that song and praise God in that way is the church. There can be no one else. Jesus died for us. We are the body of Christ. We are his church. And that's who the elders represent. We learn about the cherubim, the four living creatures that are surrounding the throne. And we learn that they are going to be participants in the judgments that are to come. So now we are learning about a scroll. There is a scroll, a book. Now, like these books here, they didn't have books like that back in John's time. Their books were rolled up and they were sealed. They were rolled up, paper that was rolled up, and then you pour a little wax on the part where all the pages come together and you put your signet ring on it and you see it. The wax dries and it seals the book. Well, in heaven there is, the Lord has a seven sealed scroll. He has a scroll with seven of those seals on it. And the question is asked, who can open this scroll? And the only one who can open the scroll is Jesus. Jesus is described as the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb slain and the lamb standing. We're going to get all into that in just a minute. Now this scroll, I'm going to try to describe it to you. We have always pictured the scroll in one long column with seven seals along the, the side of it. But as we're going to learn later on, each seal is broken and something is revealed. Each time a seal is broken, a judgment is poured out on the earth. Well, if you have one scroll and seven seals going down its side, if, even if you break one, you can't open the scroll. There's no way to do it unless you break all seven at once. What Dr. Jeremiah described to us is that this seal is like how they would write it back in those days. If it was a will, you don't write your whole will at one time back then. You would write something that you want done and then you would roll it up and you would seal it. Then a few years later, you want to add to it. You would then write something else on another piece of paper, wrap that around the first portion and then seal that. And then a few years later, if you want to change it again, you would write down something more, wrap that around the other two and seal it. And so you would have something that looks more like a telescope, different levels, and each level is sealed. That's how Dr. Jeremiah described it. Now, the funny thing is this, this is the exciting part to me. When it's time for the seals to be broken, you don't start at where you first started writing because that's been all wrapped up in all the other changes that have been done. You would actually have to start at the end and work your way back to the beginning. Isn't that something? That's how this seal was broken. The seal that Jesus would break. He didn't start at the beginning. He started on the last seal and he worked his way back to the beginning. And what we find is in that seventh seal, which is the smallest seal wrapped up in all the others, you have seven seals of judgment. In that last seal, you have seven trumpets of judgment. And at that seventh trumpet, you have seven vials or bowls of judgment. So think of it. You work through six seals and in that seventh seal wrapped up in there are seven trumpets and seven bowls. 
And as we learn, and we're going to learn about each one of those, you get closer and closer to eternity. So picture it. The last seal has the ending of life as we know it. That was the first thing that was written about. God wrote about the end of time first. And then he worked his way backwards to where we are now. We're actually trying to catch up to where God has already been. So that brings into full view for me when our scripture says that God knows our end from our beginning. He's already been there. He's already written it. It's wrapped up in the scroll. It's wrapped up in the trumpets. It's wrapped up in the vials. And everything that we're going to learn afterwards in the book of Revelation, all that was written first. That just blows me away every time I think about it. I hope you get what I'm saying. My goodness. And if you don't, you can be a part of our teaching and learn it for yourself. So that was the scroll that Jesus would take. And we're going to learn. We didn't get into any of the seals this time around. It's all a setup for what we're going to learn later. But there was only one who could open that seal, that scroll. And that was Jesus himself. Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was a descendant from the tribe of Judah. And Judah was one of uh, Joseph, you know, Joseph and the coat of many colors. It was one of his brothers who was blessed by his father to say he was a lion's whelp or he was a lion's cub, that Judah was a lion. And here's Jesus being called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is coming in all strength and all authority like a lion. He's no longer a baby in a manger. He's no longer a savior on a cross. He's no longer an ascended one. He is descending with all power in his hands, with all authority. He's like the king of the jungle, like a lion. That's Jesus. And then he was also called the root of David. And that was amazing as well. Because what we learned is that in his humanity, Jesus was a descendant of David. But in his deity, David came from Christ because we learned that in Psalm 98, David calls Jesus his Lord. So Jesus is not only David's descendant by blood, he's also his Lord. He also came before David, the root of David. My goodness gracious. And then he's described as the lamb slain. The only thing is, He's not laying down slain. He's standing. Slain lambs don't stand up, but this one does. And Dr. Jeremiah painted the picture that God is in heaven seated on the throne, but Jesus is standing. God was seated because redemption is done. It's over. It's taken care of. But Jesus is standing because he's coming back to judge. His work is not done yet. What side of that judgment do you want to be on? People say, don't judge me. I'm not going to judge you. Sin has already been judged and Jesus is coming back to meet out that judgment. That's why Christians speak out the way that we do. It's not to judge. We can't condemn anybody. 
but we're gonna warn you that there is a coming judgment. And no matter what you say or do, it's coming. The scriptures say it, we see the signs of the times, it's coming. What side are you gonna be on? And so we see that Jesus is standing in the midst of the throne and he is taking the scroll to break the seals, to unleash the judgment. And as he takes authority, he receives worship in heaven, worship from the redeemed who are singing the songs of Zion, who are singing in praise to him. And we kind of get the idea that that's what we should be doing on earth now. This is how we should be when we gather together, whether it's a Saturday, whether it's a Sunday, whatever day you choose to come together to worship, we should be worshiping as if we are standing around the throne. I'm worship leader at Shekinah Worship Center, and there are people there, and I know that you can identify people in other churches who really act like and look like they would rather be somewhere else. Do we really appreciate what Jesus has done for us? We should come ready to worship, ready to cast our crowns down at the feet of Jesus for what he has done for us. You know, Dr. Jeremiah said that he honestly believes, and I do too, that we're going to see the nail marks, the gash in his side forever. We're always going to be reminded of our redemption in heaven. Right now, we should be working on an attitude of gratitude that we should have every day of the rest of our lives in eternity because Jesus took a death that we deserved. And we talked about a title deed of the earth and we were sharing. I mean, I have a mortgage on my home, which I hope to be paid off fairly soon. And I remember, I don't know if they do it much these days, but people used to have mortgage burning parties. They paid their debt and they were given their deeds and they had a party. They called their family and their friends and they would burn those deeds. The debt has been paid. I now own my home. <laughs> Jesus paid my debt. He paid the debt for all of us. Are we gonna take advantage? And one day God is gonna give him the deeds to this earth, which right now the enemy has control over, but not for long. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take care of his business. He is going to redeem this earth to himself. And I want to make sure that I'm on his side when that happens. My, my, my. He receives the worship of the redeemed. He receives the worship of the angels. There was some conversation that we had about whether angels sing or not. Now, Dr. Jeremiah doesn't think so. I don't know, and I'll find that out in heaven. But we learned about music and major and minor chords and how life is like minor chords. You know, we have struggles, we have disappointments, we have devastation, and life is like a minor chord. And we actually had our director, Ryan, who gave us a sample of a, a major C major chord and C minor chords. And he explained the minor chords are so when you feel sad, to make you feel sad. And the major chords are to make you feel happy. And 
life is like that. But Director Ryan said one important thing, there's only one key that makes the difference as to whether it's a happy sound or a sad sound. Well, between us and the angels, there's one difference. Jesus shed his blood for us. He didn't shed his blood for the angels. We sing the song of the redeemed. Now, whether the angels sing, I've never studied angels like that. So I don't know. I, I can't say. But I know I'm going to sing. Thank you, Jesus. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon the cross. I'll never know. I don't want to know. All I know is that he did it for me. And he did it for you too. And then Dr. Jeremiah talked about worship of the creatures. And we learned that all the creatures on earth and all those under the earth are going to praise God. And the question was, have you ever heard a fish sing? <laughs> It's going to be interesting. What times we have to look forward to. That's our study of the title deed of the earth, Revelation chapter four and five. What a wonderful time. And we invite you to be a part of our study. It's right now we're, yeah, we're lesson 14. So we've got quite a way to go. So if you would like to be a part of our study, Send us an email at swim at logic.bm. Swim, S-W-I-M, at logic.bm. Let us know you want to be a part of the study and our admin team will be in touch with you. We would love for you to be a part of this study. Thanks a lot for sitting and hearing what I have to say. This is one of my favorite lessons. I just love that God knows our end from our beginning. I love it. It just, it just gives me such a sense of security in him when I can see it for myself. And that will, will never change. That scroll will never change. You can change your will now, as long as you're alive. Once you're gone, that's it. God's will, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks a lot, everybody. Blessings abound.